Thank you for joining this episode of Dragon Up 6.0. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we got JR and our very special guest, Gerald Austin. I've known Gerald for the past few years, and we're going to talk to him today about welding, some of the things that he sees in the coming future, not only as a former welder, as a Navy veteran, and as a welding instructor, but how he sees the industry and some of the insight that he has into the field. You know, I knew there was something good about Gerald. Oh, yeah. Being in the right Navy, the you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for us all, uh, Betty's not able to join us today. So hopefully uh, the luck that she gives us, we'll, we'll figure a way to get some twang in here. Yeah, so, Betty's uh, on. <laughs> yeah, we'll do all right. <laughs> yeah. So, Gerald, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk with you, brother. I appreciate y'all having me, for sure. So, Jared, what, what questions do you have for Gerald since he and I go back? Well, I, I had a, <laughs> it's always, you always know these people. I think you just have your friends on. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't say they liked me. I just said that they were yeah. gracious enough to come on show. You just know them. They don't like you. That's you just it. know them. Well, that's okay, Gerald. Nobody likes them anyway. No, that's I'm true. kidding. I'm joking around. Your safety. Pork jobs Nobody likes safety to get people. Yeah. dogs to come to me. Do you really? Well, it's, send it's that to big, me, would you? It's send that to me. Strips. It's My dog strips. won't come near me. I need something, some garlic or something. I don't know. But uh, Gerald, tell me, buddy. I, I know you're you're a welding teacher, uh, and and I know that you're um, also a um, a welding inspector, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So how did you get started in welding? You just like passed by a, a construction building one time and went, "Hey." Give me that. Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I was a kid, I was a bit of a fire bug. You like know, I was always, pyromaniac I was always, or just melt? Well, no, I, I like to melt stuff, you know. <laughs> okay. I'd get the, I'd get the plastic like model kits. Stuff. You know, you get those plastic models back when you're, you know, back a long are time you, ago. Are you going to tell me that you used to light them little uh, little sticks that held the parts? Yep. Yeah, I'd stick. I'd, I'd God melt bless those. You, you can build together. things with those. I bet That's you right. did too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah you, there, was, there was stuff you could do with that. Yes, so, sir, you know, yes, I kind of and let me tell you something when it sticks to your fingers, it's tough, it hurts. It yeah. hurts. <laughs> I'm not uh, saying I ever did that, I'm just saying he's no, not, not saying he didn't do it, he's not saying yeah, he did. I'm not saying yeah, either way, yeah, no confirming or denying of anything. <laughs> yeah, so but, that's how you know, got into welding, Gerald. Was by well, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was, I always kind of liked it. So, uh, I went to a, a high school in Springfield, Missouri, started in the eighth grade, and we had like a, a general metal shop. And they had welding there, and we didn't get to do much of it. But then in the ninth grade, started doing it again, and I realized that was what I wanted to do. So we moved from where we lived in Missouri to uh, to Memphis. And the ninth grade class that I was in there finished up half of the year. Didn't have a welding class, but they had other shop classes. I took those, and then as soon as my tenth grade started, I was able to sign up for a welding class for three hours a day. And uh, I did that for three years. So Hard to learn anything was, in three hours. <laughs> yeah, it takes it's a lot of three-hour sessions, but um, yeah. I mean, it, it was good for me. I, I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Uh, the instructor, he, he got me interested. He, you know, he knew I was interested, 
He's sure, he can tell. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they just have that insight. Man, I worked for a lot of welders and as a welder's helper, and, and uh, a lot of times I didn't have anything to do because their welding was so fine, so perfect. Yeah. Um, but uh, the welding is a special field. My daughter is a welder. She works I was going to say, I hope you brought that worker. up. I hope you yeah. are going to introduce Oh, I've got it because if my daughter listens to this, she goes, why didn't you tell him I was a welder? <laughs> <laughs> and she'll, she'll whoop me. I don't <laughs> Yeah. I don't. I don't push the issue. So you got started in in welding by putting the models together, or did you ever put them together? You just like to peel the stuff off of the, no, the sticks. No, I actually, I actually stuck the models together, but uh-huh. but that's where so I got what, my. What'd you build? You build welding trucks or what? No, no, it was mainly <laughs> mainly cars and ships and whatever you could build out of those little plastic yeah. trees. <laughs> Gerald, have you thought into going, going into that HDPE uh, welding and putting plastic pipe together as part yeah. of your training? <laughs> We actually, well, not not as part of the training, but you know, I've worked at a couple uh, peaking plants and a lot of the, you know, a lot of the underground water pipe and stuff like that. That's what it is. It's all HDP uh, and different types of plastics. So that's a lonely job underwater water pipes. That's a lonely job. <laughs> so, uh, do you like what you do now? I mean, is it is it? Oh. What would you rather do? Would you rather teach a grown adult? I'm not saying the college kids are not grown adults, but would you rather teach a grown adult or would you rather teach a fresh mind? That's a good uh, question. Just, just, just arrived in college. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've reached my dream job right now. I've wanted to teach really? high school for a long time. Yeah, I've, I've, I've reached the pinnacle of my career. I've, I've wanted to teach high school since probably. So you know, it's high school, not college. That's correct. I teach no, high that school. was what he was doing before. Yeah. yeah I taught, oh, I, I see. Taught, okay. I taught college before. Uh, uh-huh. You know, and it was just part time. So you rather do you rather do high schoolers? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah they're. Uh, well, I guess it's not really that they're any better, but the the fact that I got my start in high school, I think is is part of the driving force behind me. One put you a little closer, yeah. Yeah, I was making twice the minimum wage as a fifteen year old. Are you kidding me? me? Back and forth. No, I was making seven twenty five an hour in nineteen eighty. I know a lot of the youngsters yeah. that work, yeah, they worked in the, in the pipeline up in Alaska, and and they, uh, you know, I mean, welding a welding pipe like that, it'll yeah. it'll get you trained up pretty pretty fast. I mean, you could stand up and walk through that pipe, and you still had probably room to put a kid on your shoulders. Yeah. But a pretty, a pretty rough job. You have a lot of safety issues, I, I presume, in in the welding yeah. field, especially with with the young minds that kind of their minds kind of float away sometimes, and kind of hard to keep them grounded a little bit. Or, or is that not an issue? Well, that's still an issue with me, to be honest with you. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, <laughs> with 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 the teenagers, definitely. You know, there's a, they've got a lot of things going on in their lives. Sure. Sure. You know, they've got a lot of different interactions they're trying to work out with each other and that kind of stuff. So it can be it can be difficult to get them to focus on the seriousness of safety. You know, the desire for horseplay among some of them. Sure. Uh, or just just losing focus on what they're actually doing is the is the biggest you know thing I'm concerned with. I mean, I you know I'm you know I don't I don't get too tore up over over some things and some things I'm pretty you know pretty adamant about. Sure. And mm-hmm. I need to you know. The things that can get a kid hurt and killed are pretty serious, you know. So, like, right. the horseplay is the biggest one as far as my shop goes that I really, really pay attention to because that can go awry pretty quick. Oh, yeah. What do you find the hardest to teach? Is it would it be structural or pipe or or what? What uh, aluminum? I know you don't do galvanized, but which is probably now, a good thing. The, you know, my my students in high school actually the first thing that they learn or the first thing that they actually weld with is TIG. So uh-huh, right. it's e- it's one of the easiest processes because of the fact that it's using the same manual dexterity that you used to write with a pencil. 
You know, you can rest huh. your hand down on the table and, you know. Now, that's an interesting do. concept. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I would not have thought about that as a leading. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I just, I, and I, I let them use that because there's no sparks in fire. And so for the first week that they're coming to school, they <laughs> right. haven't realized they've got to wear clothes. Good man. Shoes, or they haven't realized they've got to wear long pants or none of that stuff. So we, but we can go out and TIG weld in the shop because we all gather around one, you know, one table area. That's, so, that's the way they used to teach, uh, teach Allen was a pencil with no lead. Yes. No, it was actually a cram with a pen tip. But uh, yeah. So, Gerald, if you did have a young hand, somebody that's out of school, and they were to come up to you and ask you what would be the best welding training to take for the future now that you're an educator, what would you suggest? I mean, I I like how you brought that in first, you know, the manual dexterity used with writing, but looking at the future of welding with robotics coming out and you know, all the new systems, and then I, w- I want to pass it back to JR. But with new hands or new students, what would you suggest that they focus on, you know, for the future as you see it as an educator and as a welder? Well, you know, the the industry is so wide open as, as far as the different skills that are needed, both as a welder, as an inspector, as a welding technician. There's so many different processes and variations on individual processes that it's, you know, it's, it's just a wide open career field is, is what I think. So what I try to get them to focus on is something that can get them immediately interested and employed if, right. they, if they need to go to work. But would that be structural welding? Would you suggest they take pipe welding, you know, make TIG? And I, I just want you to think back to U.S. nitrogen or, you know, uh, Prax Air, you know, with some of the exotic metals that they've got coming out. Is there anything that, that you right now based off experience that you'd say okay I, and, and i like the idea let, let's get you out in the field and then you could develop yeah and like an initial start yeah 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 what what would you suggest and as jr said with his daughter you know what i experienced with cnc millwright a lot of females are getting involved in this so is there anything that you should say or that you feel they should focus on any specific industry and by industry i'm, I'm talking about you know going into construction as jr was talking about underwater welding do you see something Something coming up in the near future where they really need to look at their skills and uh, what they're wanting to do. Well, I, th- I think those those people that have got a good combination of manual dexterity skills and the ability to work with technology are going to have some some opportunities in the construction industry as more and more welds are going to machine type welds, orbital welds, or stuff like that. That equipment is becoming a little bit more available now a little bit easier to set up and a little bit easier for small companies to get a hold of. But there's always going to be that need for that manual welder in the construction industry. That's where the that's where the money is right now. And that's where I, I foresee the money for quite a few years in the future as far as good money. Those students that have got that ability to weld pipe, that's really where the money is. So I've got a student that graduated this past spring that is, you know, he's working, well, I don't know if he's working right now, but a few weeks ago he was knocking down 38 bucks an hour. Holy so eight, wow. Eight, he's 18 years old. And now this is not, of course, because of my fabulous teaching skills. Okay, his dad is a, <laughs> his dad is a superintendent for a pretty major that helps an yeah, engineering that helps. firm. So he's been welding since his before his teen years. But uh, well, yeah, well, you know. But the hardest yeah. thing to do is have your have your kid work for you. I mean, uh, some 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 opportunities are are good and they work out parallel pretty good. But but a lot of times, man, it's so hard because when the boss comes to you and says, "Hey, man, he's just not doing the, you know uh, what we expected, and we need oh, to let him go." Point, and, that's a good. Uh, but yeah. but and then the dad goes, "Nah, no." Well, I think I no. think this this young man actually went to work on a project different. So he was familiar with the industry and made a few calls. And I think he started out as a welder's helper at a project in North Carolina, and then went. Mm with another company to, to one in uh, 
Tennessee, Middle Tennessee. Now he's working in Kentucky on a power plant. You know, I just talked to him yesterday, as a matter of fact. Wow. The industry is is out there, and the, the best money, from my experience, has always been in the construction field. So that's going to so be... So you, you, you teach welding. You teach welding. Do you also teach teach up-and-coming welders how to test? Oh, good point. Yeah, Gerald, yeah. what about their coupons? And Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the things that I that I good try question, to stress is, is getting them comfortable taking a welding test and understanding that a welding test is just something that you've got to do all the time. It's part of our job. It's not, I'm going to go get certified, and, and then everybody's going to beat my door down because I'm a certified welder. It's not like that. Yeah. I've seen guys go through metal you know and they'll cut their little the little strips and weld them together and they, there might be 50 or 60 of them on the floor and i go man what is going on here yep. well i'm going for a test you know and they, they actually get ready for it some others now maybe one out of five one out of ten will say i don't need man i'm good enough i don't need it and they'll go up and they'll take the test and they'll flunk it yeah and then, and then they got to go take it again and that's uh yeah that's something you got to practice for i, I know that yeah that's all you, i know you, that's even it. if it's not, even if you've got the manual dexterity and the skill to do it, sometimes that pressure of taking a test, you know, I'll, and I'll tell exactly. some of the kids, I said, okay, I said, you done drove halfway across Texas, you got $40 <laughs> in your pocket, Dadgum. your yeah. wife's in the car, she's got the baby with her, and you done told her what a great welder you are, and you're going to take this welding test right now. Sure. That you would, uh, especially if you got three like, kids in the car, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got I to gotta pass this. I welded on horse trailers in Houston for two days because I did that. I drove. I drove all the way out there. We didn't have no money. It was a good paying job. You know, it was when I was when my wife and I first got together. Yeah. Sure enough, I went out there. So you actually test. stood in your horse trailer and welded. But my horse trailer, it was, it was. I stopped at a place, and that's what I welded. Did was weld on horse trailers for a couple of days, <laughs> getting enough gas money to get man. back home. Good for you. What I know my daughter. Fault? My daughter was coming through uh, Montana, and uh, she uh, stalled out. Her her car broke down. And the farmers were helping her out, and then the farmer goes, "Man, I somehow she's found out that this guy needs some welding done." Yeah. She says, "I'm a welder. I can, I can do some welding that's, for you." That's a good. And man, that uh, you talk about a whole town, and I'm I'm heading up there uh, pretty soon, and I'm gonna take her trail and talk to the people that helped her, and and uh, I don't weld, so if they say they want some welding done, they're pretty much out of luck. But I can sing them a song or something, you know. There yeah, you go. Nothing wrong with that. That's not gonna help them a lot. Hey, Gerald, my, my, my gate's still broke. I still need my <laughs> Go ahead, well, sir. Yeah, I'm sorry, Gerald. Gerald, I, and this, I just wanted to ask this because this, you know, where Jared was talking about testing. As part of what you're going through right now, um, is part of the training that they're going through, do you actually RT and PT their welds so they can see what they're looking for? Are you guys checking for sugar? Are they checking the root? Is that something that's being taught at the level where you're at right now? It depends widely on the students. So there's, you know, we start out with very, very basic, you know, basic gas metal arc welding, MIG welding, and they actually move on to, to stick. And then they'll do a little bit of TIG welding. So it's very unlikely that a, that a student with less than about four semesters is going to ever get to welding pipe, for instance, for oh, wow. stainless. We, mm-hmm. we keep some around, but we don't do much. But the inspections that I'll do on their welds, you know, they'll start off doing what we, you know, just cut and etch. So one of the one of the things that I have them do is fill up a piece of two pieces of flat bar that's set at a sixty degree angle apart from each other to simulate the V groove in a joint. Oh yeah. And then we slice those open with a saw in a couple places, polish them up, and etch them with acid. Good for you. And uh, you know, look for any holes. And if they're good at doing that, then I let them start on plate. 
So, so you pull them into the commercial field pretty fast. I mean, uh, what you have to do instead of uh, on the drawing board going, okay, you got to, or do you put them through a paper test before you put them through an actual test on I, metal? I'm, I mix it up. I mean, my, you know, if I was to wake up tomorrow and not have any theory knowledge in my head, but I could still weld, I could still get a job. So I sure. do primarily focus on building their skills and abilities. So that's that's our primary goal. Then I, you know, I try to to get them to where they have a good technical knowledge about the trade because you know that's gotten me jobs many times. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily as a welder. Sometimes if I go on a job as a welder, it's best I keep my mouth shut. <laughs> well, Sometimes you have, you have to, right? Yeah. yeah. You scare people with your knowledge, man. You scare people. Well, do you that think guy where he don't even he don't even <laughs> chew and he's pretty dang good a welder. You know. Oh, that's funny. I, I got to remember yeah, that about okay. the chewing because that was a Go big ahead, thing. I'll write that down for you. Yes. I'll email it to you. Well, speaking of skills, Gerald, do you think you'll have any contenders for the Skills USA match coming up next year? It's it's hard to say right now. Where that our classes go is the students choose semesters that they're going to take the class, so they may take two semesters back to back. Right. Meaning I could have a student this fall and then I have another one this spring. Whereas they may not have taken a class until they may have skipped two two semesters nearly. Is this and COVID related? Is this what you're talking no, about? No, it's it's more school scheduling. Okay. So it, it's really kind of a mixed bag. I don't really know who I've got until I've got them. I'm sorry, brother. I'm going to pass you back off to JR. But one thing I have to ask, you know, with your background and your experience. So, you know, the name of our show is Dragging Up 6.0. Back when you were on your tools before becoming an educator and a trainer, how many times did you actually drag up? If actually, any? I can think of, I think just once. Do you remember what it was for? Was it management? Was it safety? Was it money? It was, it was safety. I was I was working at a paper mill in Northwest Alabama. Oh wow! Okay. And they they made a poor fit on a on a pulp line that was I don't know it was probably thirty six that stepped down to an eighteen inch pipe. Wow! And you know it was two L's two elbows away, and I had to crawl in there and back weld it. And, you know, I told them, I said, we can't get good air in there. They had the knife gate valve, the big the gate valve off the, the vessel shut. But it was pretty much dead-ended up there. And, you know, right. you're in there TIG welding, so there's no ventilation, no air. And I told them before we ever fit the joint up, I said, hey, we're going to have to fix this pipe. It was way out of, you know, way out of square on the ends. or wasn't, well, maybe may square, you. it wasn't matching the other pipe. And I yep. climbed in there and started back welding this thing. I didn't even, I wasn't the one that put the root in. Somebody else did. Oh, okay. And I started back welding it, and the, you know the oxygen meter kept going off, and yeah, I I'm sure decided I, I said, you know what? Unless I get ventilation, I can't do this. And well, we'll, we'll put another fan in here. I said the fan's not going to work. Yeah. I said I'm going to have yeah. to have a, a little call to SCBA or said, something. Hey, boys. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I struck an arc one more time, and alarm went off. And I said, you know what? I'm coming out. I come out, and drug up. Yeah. Right then, I said, well, no. What did they have SCBAs available? I, mean, I would huh. figure they did. They were pretty large. They were a pretty large sure, contractors. Sure. You'd think they would have one of, it. One of the largest. Yeah, ones you bet. Was, yeah. You'd think they would, but then again, you think they'd have the sense to get a welder out of there before he suffocated. Yeah, or have better I've ventilation. Been, I've been, yeah. I've been run off for safety issues, and not necessarily for me doing something that violated safety. But I've, I've complained about some things before and came sure. in the next day and was a one-man ROF. Really, a one-man ROF. Yep. Yeah, right. Well, brother, I appreciate you sharing that, you know, because normally we ask a, the, the same question over and over about if you had unlimited funds, you know, where would you take somebody? One of the things that somebody asks is, asked me, and it was a family member, they said, Alan, you've never asked anybody, did they ever drag up? So 
we, we thought we'd change that, but now that's we, good. I, I like that. I, yeah, I, and Jar, I'm glad. I'm surprised you, because l- let me tell you, Gerald, Jar has some great questions, but I'm surprised he did not say, "Hey, <laughs> why have you never asked anybody if they drug up?" But you know, you're the you're the first true. Uh, hand outside of Shane Oliver and somebody, you know, and I was thinking about you've seen some crazy stuff. I know you have. And I thought, you know what? Let me ask Gerald this because I, I know you. I know you've yeah. been around the globe and I thought this would be the, the person I have to ask. Have you ever dragged up for safety? I so, pretty much stuck to paper mail short-term outages. And yes, so very sir. seldom did I hang around long enough to get I did drag up from a management job, though. I was a welding engineer and QC manager for a company. And, and well, I was a well, Gerald, take it away, brother, because that was, that was one thing I had to ask. Cause, yeah. it, and again, Gerald, you're our first one we've asked this. So do you know who Caitlyn Jenner is? <laughs> so anyway, We're not Gerald. Gonna ask. Uh, <laughs> go Gerald, ahead, uh, brother, go ahead. Let me ask you this. It's a little, it little brings, better question. It brings a picture to my mind that I can't describe. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. He's done that to me before. I'm not I, doing I it again. I'll never bring I'm that question up again. He is so lying. Until next time. Until next He's time. He's telling a fib. Yeah. So... If Caitlyn Jenner signed up for a welding class. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not going to lie, Gerald. You are one. Sorry, dude. So when you teach welding, I know you start out with the, with the, the TIG and the wire feed and all that. Yeah. Uh, once you reach the stick, you know, because there's so many and multiple different sticks that use for different metals and different temperatures. And is it hard to zero them in? To a certain temperature to use when they're when they are stick welding, and and I know there's a lot of variations with temperatures and below zero weather, a little bit hotter. And, oh and yeah, is, brother. Is good, there it, really any issues? Question. Any issues with that uh, when you reach that that point in your in your lessons? Well, the biggest the biggest thing when I swap over to just stick welding or shoulder metal arc welding for those terminology police is the manual dexterity is a notch above everything else. Right. Because you're compensating for the electrode burning off, trying to maintain the arc length and travel angle and work angle. So it's a lot more involved as far as your skills go. So the biggest thing that I try to, to make sure the students understand is, is more related to them getting comfortable being able to see the settings for most electrodes work within a pretty easy, easy to calculate range. So with mm-hmm. 7018, for instance, you can take the decimal equivalent of the, of the diameter and that's how many amps to set it on when you're in the ballpark. Huh. It's huh. good to know. So that's a that's a you know a three sixteenths, seventy eighteen. If you put it at one hundred eighty seven amps, it'll weld. That oh yeah, you down. know that. Yeah, yeah you know yeah. that. Yeah, that's easy for you. He's holding out on the rest of us. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's like going to get into algebra pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. So if you have one hundred thirty seven totem poles. That's right. And Caitlyn Jenner is standing between them. <laughs> In four-inch heels. Because remember, he can run. Or she can run. God but uh, yeah, that's good to know because I know that, well, you teach your mechanics first, as you would any any job, really. You teach your mechanics first, and then and then here's the technical side of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah like, I, mean, I, kind of, like, I kind of work them both together because they do work with each other well. So I, if I was to talk about theory for four days... And then just let them weld. It wouldn't sure. be the same as letting them weld a little bit, and while they're welding, talking to them about the theory. Exactly. Yeah. So I try to yeah, work both. Get them hands on. Whenever possible. Yeah. Hands on. That's you know, I'm, and I've I've been there. You know, I I when I was well, I was in high school, but when I went back to school, they had a welding shop, and the guy was an old welder from from way back when. I think he welded glass. Or they were like using that. coat hangers. Yeah. 
and wood. Yeah, they used coat hangers with a torch. They were really talented back then. But uh, he told me everything I, I had to do, and I got it. Man, I had so much in my head that I had to think about, and I went, eh, uh, yeah, forget yeah, it. It's a lot. I'll get, I'll get into radio or something, you know. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, but it's just hard, it's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Welding is hard to do, man, because, boy, I mean, especially if you're on a job and you weld pipe, and then they bring in the x-ray machine. And you go, oh, yeah. That's oh, I'm, yeah. What I'm dragging up. I'm dragging up. See, there yeah, you go. Been, there's been very few fitters run off because of a bad fit, but there's been quite a few welders run off from a bad weld. <laughs> Hey, no. Gerald, I got a question. When you when you were doing your time in the Navy, and thank you for your uh, service, service, what was your MOS? What was your rate? What did you do? Was, did, did you weld in the Navy? Were you? I did. Every day. I was a hull maintenance technician, and I had what's called a Navy enlisted classification of 4956 and 4955. So I was a, a nuclear power plant and components welder and a high-pressure plate and pipe welder. Wow. So that Okay. So I fixed submarines for... About five years, seven months, and three days. That that's something else. So that that's another question. Then I want to turn it back to Jr. So you know there is a lot of stuff. I don't know if you've looked at the latest uh, Tradesman magazine. Uh, they're looking for nuclear welders or for welders going to the nuke facilities. You know for outages. Yeah. Yeah. So for the people that want to go say and do the same thing, do you think? For new hands coming up, maybe they should do some time in the military because the advantages of the education, the advantages of taking that type of training, or is it something that they can get in some of the schools like up in Ohio or through uh, your training process? You know, it varies widely in, in, in schools and, in, and even in the military. You know, the steel workers, the CBs, you know, they learn different than we did. Yes, sir. We focus primarily on pipe welding. Uh, they, you know, they were essentially iron workers. Yes, sir. And still great trades, great skills, and there's so many different ways to do it. The good thing about Uncle Sam sending me to welding school was they paid me while they did it. Right. And I didn't know right. nothing except for six years. So, and and where did you take that training at? Was it Great Lakes? Was it down in Florida? Where'd you go? San Diego. San Diego. Uh, boot, okay. I had boot camp in San Diego, then uh, then an A school up in Treasure Island, San Francisco. Yeah. Wow, yeah. and then see, then another school. Thirty weeks of welding school was down in San Diego. So, so you went to Nimitz Nimitz Boot Camp, in San Diego. Wow, yeah, yeah, Nimitz. Oh man, Nimitz Field. That is crazy. Well, you haven't said that, brother. You know, haven't served in the military, haven't served in the civilian side. What would you say are some of the health and safety issues that welders really need to pay attention to? You know, because you've seen it both, uh, you know, again, in the military and civilian. You know, is it chrome six? Is it ergonomics? Because like you said, being underground, you know, contorting over a 90 while you're trying to put schedule 80 together. Um, what what are some of the things you've seen out in the field that somebody like Jr. or myself as safeties that we should really look out for for our welders? One of the things that I I primarily try to focus on my students right at the beginning is is awareness of what's around you. Okay. Yes, sir. And it doesn't it doesn't make a difference what the hazard is, but I try to focus on letting them know you can't ask what if too many times. You know what if you know I bump this argon bottle. Hopefully it's chained off yep. and it won't fall over. You know, there's God forbid, so that that awareness yeah. of knowing that things can go wrong quickly is is one I, is key for everybody, be it a welder or not. But with welding, one of the disadvantages that we have, of course, uh, in the short term, you know, instant death kill you stuff is, of course, you're in a welding hood. You don't yes, see sir. what's going on around you. You don't see if somebody's flying something over you. You don't see if you're 
backing up on the edge of something. You don't see. Right, and a welding landed. helmet is not a hard hat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good point, Jr. I'm glad you brought that up. So there's there's a lot of things <laughs> that you've no, got to seriously. Just, that's a huge thing right now. Yeah, it's it's not. You know, well, I, I welded in boilers for for a few years, and and clinkers falling out of the boilers between the scaffold boards, and you know, hitting your hands. I mean, I I worked in in a mill in Georgia that had, you know, the regular steel scaffold boards. Yes, sir. Probably bend, I'd say three foot. Okay, to where I put a three foot upside, you know, inverted peak in it. And God. pulled the poles in on the side where a clinker fell out of the roof of the boiler. Oh, daggum! And hit the, you know, hit the scaffold. And it was on a, it was on a scaffold level where we were actually working. You know, it was supposed to be all cleaned up, but it fell and it, it shook the whole scaffold. And the small pieces <laughs> fell down, and you know, hit people in their hands and stuff like that, where it fell down along the water wall. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a situation where you know you've got to just you just got to know what's around you and, and be prepared for it. And the best way to be prepared is, is training, I think. Uh, yeah, know your surroundings. I like that. Know your surroundings. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, know the, I, I know in construction you work a lot of confined space, but also you work outside. Yeah. Uh, where you're under um, uh, or you're around crane operations, side booms, yeah. things like that, where you have to watch for swinging loads and things. That's probably yeah. A, never take a, never well. take a backup alarm for granted. No, no. You know, no matter no matter what. Right. You know what you've seen going on before you dropped your hood. None of that stuff. You know, if you've got a fire watch, when I hear that alarm go off, it's a you know I just better watch and see what they're doing just in case they're closer to me than I want them to be. Yeah, of course your helper helper should help you a little bit there too. You know, tap you on your shoulder and go, hey buddy, (laughs) you might you might not want to stand up right now. (laughs) You know, electric shock is a big one, and right. Oh yeah, those leads they don't. They don't check the insulation on them. They get up, yeah, water, yeah, can, all kinds of stuff. Dude, I, I have you, seen them. I have seen them so worn and cracked. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, I can I can tell you a story if you've got a minute. That yeah. I uh, got a minute. You betcha. No, we're here that, for you. We are same, here yeah. for you. Your show, <laughs> buddy. That same that same mill that I was at when the the clinkers fell out of the the roof of the boiler on another outage at that same location. We did a we did what they call a window weld. So the window weld is, is where the two boiler tubes come together on their sides. They're parallel with each other and they're actually touching. So to cut one of those tubes out and replace it, you've got to cut a window in it and then cut out the rest of it through the window and replace yeah. the tube and then go back in the window. Anyway, the weld was rejected. And it was rejected. I was QCing on the job. I was actually doing inspection. And it was in an in a area called a soot blower opening where a lance goes in and blows some steam in there. But anyway, they said, well... Gerald, you've got the experience reading film. Why don't you go in there and mark it up, and you just go ahead and weld up the, the repair while you're in there. I said, all right. So there's a little bitty tiny scaffold ladder, you know, probably 12 inches wide, goes up between the generating tubes and the, and the uh, screen tubes is what they're called. So I climb up this little, little ladder. It's in Augusta, Georgia, and it's hot. I'm sweating by the time I get up there. So the soot, this opening, the soot blur opening is where two tubes bend out, and you can actually look through the wall, look through the furnace to the outside of it. So the guys up there, they've got a drop light hung in there, kind of wedged in, and I'm standing on a 2 by 12 and it's wedged down between the tubes and tied off with nine wire. And it's about four foot long, I guess, you know, going sideways. It's hard to picture. But anyway. Yeah, sounds guy, like U.S. nitrogen back in the day. Yeah. I tell him, I said, hand me that, oh, hand me my TIG rig. Or no, I said, hand me my TIG wire. So I took that TIG wire and I put it in my mouth because I'm all wedged in, my shoulders are closed up, and I'm, I'm conscious of the drop light. 
because there's a drop light there, and you know it's got the little bare bulb, and it's exposed. It doesn't have a case. It doesn't have a, a shield on it. <laughs> oh, just no bare wire cage, case. nothing. No, that's no. crazy. You're old. Nah, you don't need no case. Nah, don't need no stinking case. None of that twelve volt stuff. And it's just regular old hunt. So I'm I'm aware of the fact that that little bare part of the socket on the bulb, if it touches that wire, it'll bite me. So I'm watching it. So I said, tell him, I said, hand me my TIG rig. So he hands the TIG rig through, and again, I'm all wedged up. So I pull the TIG rig through, the tungsten's out, and I'm soaking wet with sweat, and I turn my head a little bit to kind of look up there to see where that drop light's at, and I touch the tungsten to that piece of wire that's in my mouth. Oh! Oh, man! Oh! I was 30 foot in the air. I was over hoppers. I know she said was 30 foot over there. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I was going to say, I were you 30 foot there? after you got shocked or 30 foot before <laughs> you got shocked? I made the conscious decision in a matter of microseconds that I was willing to take my chances with gravity as opposed to the, to the oh, 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 shock. Oh, God, the brother. The Edison medicine was killing Ooh. me because I was soaking wet with sweat. I mean, it, it was hot. It was hard to climb up there because the tubes were so narrow. So did you fall? I, well, I fell back. I wasn't tied off. He didn't fall. He jumped involuntarily. Well, yeah, that's what yeah, I was so, checking to see if he was tied off. But because I laid back, you know, I jumped back and uh -huh. fell down, but I, I turned sideways before I fell all the way, and my right. shoulders wedged between the tubes. So I was laying on the scaffold board with about, you know, the upper half of my body hanging off of it, <laughs> the other half down, and uh, I was just thankful that I wasn't getting shocked anymore. I really didn't think about the fact that I didn't fall all the way down to the bottom of the hoppers yet. I was just thankful that that thing had quit shocking me because it was tough. I, I chipped our teeth on both sides of my mouth. I bit holes in my tongue. My ears rang for two days. I couldn't eat a sandwich. You I ran, a, ran a well bead between the two molars then, huh? Yeah, I had to smash my sandwiches down and oh. pry my mouth open to get I, it in. Man. I, I had that very same uh, thing happen to me the first time I listened to country music. So I, I, I hate you! <laughs> Could, I'm I coming to Tennessee, buddy. <laughs> I, I would tell you to whip my ass when you got here, but I'm coming through Nashville. I'm I'm bringing uh, I'm bringing Chase Gerald, Trace Atkins with me, buddy. I apologize for anything I <laughs> yeah. say that offends you, brother. I apologize. Right. Deep up. trouble, buddy. But brother, you know you were talking about that, and you know I. One of the things you know that Jr. and I try to look at in a lot of different perspectives is, you know, you, you talk about those conditions. And one of the things that, you know, I've seen in the past is welders are put into some uh, some conditions and some environments that we know are not completely safe. Uh, you know, you talked about your experience in the paper mill and the poor ventilation and stuff like that. And I know it's difficult. I've seen some ergonomic things at U.S. Nitrogen, and, and, and U.S. Nitrogen was a very safe facility. You know, we, we had a lot yeah. of great stuff. But just some of the angles that they had to get into or some of the heights that they right. had to get into right. to finish yeah. out a weld. Do you think that a lot of welders just look at that as part of the job and they understand, you know, that there's conditions that cannot be maintained or you know is it a matter of pride is it a matter of get the job done why do you think welders are so badass that they will get in there and do things when it looks you know completely unsafe and physically impossible and and they make it happen i mean they 30 really bucks do. an hour i, I yeah. don't think it's the money i, I it's I, it well, could nobody's be. nobody if they can help it that's a welder is going to ask someone else to come do their job for them that's just that's just all there is to it yes sir i mean yes, it's just you know whether it be the weld being too hard it's, it just doesn't happen very much uh 
and and that's you know the, the welding welding in my opinion is different than almost all the other trades okay? oh absolutely we go on a job, i, I got to take a test i got to show somebody that i got skill just to get the job right. i mess it up just a little bit or just make the qc mad guess what i busted my test whereas a fitter shows up with a bucket full of tools a, a, a square level plumb bob boom he's got a job okay and it's not like that everywhere. You know, there's a lot of them that are doing the NCCR, so they're expecting some knowledge. Some of them are giving tests. But for the most part, welders show up. We've got a, a different type of skill. If my fitter has a bad day and he doesn't measure something right, guess what? I can fix it. If I have a bad day and I don't weld it right, he can't fix it for me. Right. If, the engineer, if the engineer doesn't design it right, I can weld it up. So there's, so when you couple that with or that kind of mentality and the stuff that you got to go through just to, to do this job, it's a very competitive job. Yes, sir. Safety-wise, it's very easy to jump off in there, and and I've you know I've tried to, to put that into my training that I give now that you got to watch that. Yes, sir. You know, because I can I can think of how close I was to doing something that could have been very very you know very very bad just because I wanted to get in there and get it done. Yes, sir. And, no, that type of ditches. training, that type of training helps you now, with your with your teachings. Oh yeah, oh, good point, Jr. Yeah. Well, brother, before I hand it over, Jr. for closing questions, because I know you got to get ready for your family church tomorrow. And again, I'm so thankful that you're here. You know, it, and I've been very fortunate to know you for years, and I've been very fortunate to know people that you've trained or you know you qualified out there. Um, you know, before before I turn it over to JR, because I, I mean, he's always got stuff that I've never even thought of. Um, for welders that are coming off their tools, uh, you know, there's, there's been questions and I'm just following this. This is just on Facebook, LinkedIn, nothing anybody's asked me. They're saying, well, my vision's getting bad. You know, my back is getting where I can't do this. What would you suggest to them as a follow-up? Would you suggest that they go into CWI? Would you suggest that they maybe look at being a foreman or, you know, uh, try to tell them not to become a, uh, uh, you know, a fitter because fitters are extreme prima donnas, you know, just because they want to be around <laughs> welders. What yeah. would you suggest for a great welder, somebody coming off their tools uh, that wants to stay within the trades? What would you suggest they do as a follow-up to being you know, a metal burner. I think if they still want to actually be involved with it and weld, that teaching is the way to go, uh, for sure. But now it's not necessarily money maker. You know, like I said before we started, I was born broken naked. Yes, sir. So I'm way ahead of the game right now. Just You're not naked right now, right? Alan's Alan's so, still there. This is this is just this is just audio, so we don't have to confirm or deny anything. <laughs> well, I mean, we're 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 a show. We just got to make sure everybody's dressed or semi dressed yeah. appropriately. But uh, but so so teaching fulfills that for me. I still love to weld, but you know I can't imagine myself going on a boiler outage like I did ten years ago, mm -hmm. and you know climbing up a you know wedging myself in between a, a set of superheaters and, and oh God forbid yes sir you know fixing a, a leaking tube you know I just I can't even see myself walking up to the seventh floor anymore to be honest with you. But, oh man, I'm I'm you know, I, I, yeah I, I roughneck I roughneck for years. I roughneck for years, and after a while, I I could just run up that that uh, ladder, going up to the crown or, or the monkey board, but uh, and roughnecking all day long and all night long, I couldn't handle up in thirty seconds. 
nowadays. But yep. I have a closing question for you. Uh, I know that welders have to know how to read blueprints. I mean, it's not a prerequisite probably, but uh, either that or you need to know enough to communicate with engineers. So right, uh, right. You, know, yeah. you know where the pipe needs to lay, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how to build the structure. So you need to know a little bit about blueprints. Uh, do you teach that in your training or do you just let them go to a different class, engineer's class or something? Oh, good question. No, I, yeah. I, I started off with, with basic line types and welding symbols huh? and basic uh, understanding. Colors, color codes projection. and stuff, yeah. Yeah. But we don't we don't get into it as a, as a primary job. And, and I'll be honest sure. with you, the most money that I've made on my tools by the hour, nobody cared if I could even read. You're kidding. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's true. I, that's, I mean, really, true, when, it, when it gets down to it, a highly, and I'm not even a highly skilled welder. Whatever. But a, but a yeah, highly skilled right. welder, you know, they've, they've got that fitter there with them to, to do all that stuff. And I'm not saying there's not welders out there that could do it. Uh, the paper mill that I worked at before I moved up here, I was in maintenance for four years. You know, when it came to TIG welding Schedule 10 pipe, my fitter could weld as good as I could. You're kidding. No, he was he was pretty slick. You know, he huh. wasn't, he wasn't much on stick welding, and you know he he didn't have some experience here and there. But you know, him and I working together, we we could get some stuff done because I can fit also. Uh, so having having that ability to read drawings is a big plus. Yes, sir. Yeah. If depend on what industry you get into, it may not be necessary. I'm glad you asked that, Jar, because I'm sure somebody else is going oh, to do the five same bucks, thing. buddy. Yeah, you know, there's there's right a lot there. of I'll, I'll be honest with you. In my opinion, there's a lot of fluff. In welding education, stuff that they'll go over that's in a textbook that you may not ever hear about, but then there's stuff that's, that's good to know. You know, I could I could tell you the difference between a constant You teach that. Constant, you teach that. Yeah. See, that, that's what's yeah. so good. And, and, and excuse me for interrupting, but, no, you're not, but uh, no. when, when you go into a classroom and and you, you ask the teacher, how do you know that while they're in the college? Well, that's great. What about the practical yeah. adaptation for that? Well, they don't know because yeah. they went to school. You get an engineer right out of school, and they go, "Well, uh, you know, what schedule pipe we want? It's right here in the prints." They don't know, but you teach that. Yeah. You you teach the common knowledge that you know. You teach the uh, the common sense that you know. You instill that in, into your students. And man, let me tell you, buddy, you may not know it. Maybe you do. You probably do. You're a pretty smart guy, but. Uh, that goes a long way when they get outside in that lonely field of uh, of welding spectaculars as yourself, uh, and that's going to help them so so much. Yeah. And with that, I will say thank you, my friend. You are a real guy, and I appreciate it. And do you own a horse? Uh, I wish I did. I'm a, I'm a horse fan. <laughs> okay, you don't you don't. Are you a horse trainer? No, you train I a horse to weld. Uh, my my dream job when I was in the Navy, there was a weapon station out in Arizona somewhere. Oh, oh I have an idea where you're talking. There's you a couple out, out there. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, went out yeah. and rode fences and looked for repairs, and then you drive out and fix them later. <laughs> if I could have got me a job pulling a horse, pulling a weld machine behind a horse, I'd had it made. You do it. You do <laughs> it. That's right. That's a good idea, man. I gotta I gotta get a picture of that. That's that's funny. <laughs> Gerald, thank you so much, and I, I wish you nothing but the best. Uh, one more thing. There was this little boy that, that followed his mom around wherever she went. I know you're, you're a Christian. 
and mm-hmm. followed his mom around wherever she went. No matter where she turned, she turned, there he was. she tripped over him and say, well, son, why don't you go outside and play, you know, and get something interesting? No, mom, I just want to stay here with you. And he, she said, well, how come you follow me around every place? So, well, you're supposed to follow in Jesus' footsteps. But I can't see him, so I just follow you around. There you go. Oh, that was Thank you, man. God bless you, brother, and uh, appreciate what you do. I appreciate y'all hanging out with me for a little while. Let me run my mouth. No problem, man. Our pleasure. Thank Gerald, you. I love you. Thank you for this opportunity, brother. You know, and that, and right, this man. is what J.R. and I started this for. I uh, wish Betty could have been on here because she would have had some amazing questions or she would have said, okay, Alan, thank you for putting me on the spot like that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, we wish you could have got the uh, full trifecta. Brother, before we cut you loose, again, hey, I, I cannot thank you enough. There's been so many people that wanted to hear stuff on the welding side. You know, through the grace of God, we were able to get you on here. Well, but, I'm only I'm only a small part of that welding world, so. But but two qu- well, a small part, whatever. But two <laughs> questions I have from the heart. Please tell me you still have that Subaru. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah, thank God. Three and a half speed. <laughs> matter of fact, I I drove it up to Kingsport yesterday and back. Did you? Yeah, I didn't yeah, have uh, a drop of transmission fluid in it. <laughs> or you my- know, gear oil is what it's got. <laughs> and, and my second question, brother, in, in all sincerity, yeah, for the people that we we've got listening to the show, you know that whether it's about safety or they're going to, uh, you know, come in because of your background, what would be the last thing you'd want to put? What would be a, a word of wisdom you'd want to provide to anybody that's looking to go into welding or CWI? Or you know, follow the path that you've chosen. Is there any insight you can give them that you wish that you knew uh, ahead of time or before you got into this trade? I think one of the one of the things that I struggled with when I was younger was pride and ego. And one of the things that I'll tell people is know what you know and know what you don't know. Oh, and that that same thing goes for for welding skill, knowledge, safety. All that stuff, you know. Be be prepared to learn some more whenever you can. Yes, sir. Uh, and and search for it. Look for it. Be hungry. You know, when I was when I was a, ke- a teenager, my goal was to be the person in my peer group that knew more and could weld more than anybody else. So I've got to maintain my peer group now to be that person. You know, I got to be careful who I hang out with. Yes, sir. But but uh, but that's you know that's it. Is know what you know, know what you don't. I don't know. think you'll have that problem, buddy. Have a little passion for it. Well, Gerald, thank you again, Jer. Uh, both you guys, I love you. All right, you. man. Well, Thank you have you, a brothers. Uh, good day and be safe, man. Yeah. And for those listening, if you want to get more information or right, Gerald. I appreciate y'all having me on. Hey, Gerald. Yeah. And if you have any questions, uh, you can reach Gerald at Gerald. That's G-E-R-A-L-D at WeldingData.com. Uh, you can ask him questions. Uh, please don't flood him with just, you know, inappropriate fan mail or love letters. Yeah. Uh, any but, Caitlyn Jenner questions. Or Caitlyn That's Jenner right. questions. But CWI, CWI stuff I can help you with. Anything welding related. <laughs> I know people that know stuff. Yeah, throw it out there. But uh, again, uh, look for Gerald at Welding Data. That's W-E-L-D-I-N-G data.com and Gerald thank you brother God bless you we love you thank you for being a part of the show and uh, Betty if when you listen to this uh, we wish you were here we hope the best uh, success for everything that you're dealing with right now 
And uh, thank you all for listening. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Alan Wilford. J. Allen.